Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. Let me encourage you to, to, to take your notes or look in your Bible to Numbers chapter 13 is where we're going to be today. Numbers 13 is the passage that I want to talk about today. And, and I've been referencing this passage for the past few weeks, but I wanted to read it to you. Moses had sent 12 spies into the land, the place where God had given the nation of Israel to go into the promised land. How many of you heard of the promised land? Some of you think you're living in the promised land, right? Some of you might be. I don't know. But uh, I promise you there's a land better than this one awaiting us. Come on, everybody. And, uh, but, but Moses had sent 12 spies, one from each tribe of Israel, into the promised land to, to, as spies. They're spies. So co- covert ops, you guys that, that haven't really read much of scripture or think it might be a little boring, I'm telling you, it's awesome, okay? So this is a covert mission. Moses sends these 12 guys into this place that God has promised them to inspect it, to look it over, and now they've come back to Moses and Aaron, and they're the whole Israelite community, and they're reporting back on what they found. Let's check it out, Numbers 13, verse 26. It says, to to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran, they reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. Check it out. So I want you to to understand what's happening here. They're about to give the report, right, of what they had what? What What they had seen, what they had witnessed, what they had experienced. Over the last few days, we don't know how long this took, right? So we, we, we're about to hear, it says this, We entered the land that you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country. Pay attention to these words. A land flowing with what? Milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful. Wait a minute. Is it bountiful? Or are they powerful? Right? God had already said that they were going to be powerful people. I want you to notice this. He'd already told them that there were going to be enemies when they went into the land. Continue reading. It says, and their towns are large and fortified. Wait a minute. Is it a beautiful, wonderful place flowing with milk and honey? Or or is it scary because there's... Big people there with large walls around their cities. Which is it? God had already said, ladies and gentlemen, what's going to happen. In fact, God said, it's actually for your blessing that you're going to find enemies there because I'm going to give you cities that you didn't build. I want you you to process this personally. Think about this. God is going to bring us Cities that we didn't build. God is going to bring to us, he's he's taking us into a promised land. How many of you know that? For each, God has a promised land for each of us. He's going to bring us into things that we didn't, they're building stuff for you right now that's not even for them. Are you seeing this? These people spent their money, their time, their decades of work, their hard effort, For things not for them, for God's people. Think about that. That's crazy. It's just like God though, right? And so now they're shocked 
by it, but it's, re- it's really just God's provision here. So it's, it says, we, we even saw giants there. Look at verse 29. The Amal- Amalekites live in Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. He says this, let us go up at once and take the land. We can certainly conquer it. Verse 31. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than us. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. And the land we traveled through and explored will, they said, okay, the the ten said, this land will devour anyone who, who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Wait a minute. Were there spies? They were spies that they didn't even know that they were there. Do you realize this? They didn't get caught in the promised land as spies. But yet the ten are reporting they're bigger than stronger than us. How would you know that? There's so many contradictions between the two and the ten. You see this? Joshua and Caleb say, we can go and conquer the land. The other ten spies, they say, there's no possible way. We've, we've got to be scared. Let's run and hide. Let's go back to Moses and Aaron and tell them that we cannot go in. This is the land flowing with what? Milk and honey. But, right? But, well, the cities are great, but they will devour us. But, the fruit is great, but, come on. I want to speak to you today about the contradiction of fear. Because there is a contradiction with every spirit of fear that you will ever find. There's a contradiction. Because this is what fear will do. It will keep you in a constant state of contradiction. You will notice this in your own life. That's what fear does. But I believe by the power of God's word today and his presence in this place, listen, he's going to set us free from the fear that is upon us right now. Amen? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. We honor you. We've come together to worship you. God, now we've come together to hear from you. So Lord God, I pray that your word would become alive in us and to us. Show us, God, illuminate in our own lives the areas in which fear is battling in, pressing in from every side upon us. And I I pray, God, that we would see the contradiction of fear in our lives, that we would understand that you are giving us an ability to step past the fear, to live on the other side of fear, to, to let faith rise in us, and for, let, to, for fear to, to subside, for fear to, to go away, for fear to move but beyond us, God, because we know whom we belong. We are your kids. We're, we're God's children. And so, God, you have the very best for us. You have, you, have, you have promised land for us. So, God, let us walk in it. And let us rejoice together in Jesus' name. Amen? In your notes, write this down. Fear is the expectation of danger. That's what it is. 
This is where so many people are now, right now in our, in our world, the expectation of danger. If fear is that, expectation of danger, faith is the expectation of God doing good. That's what faith is. It's trusting that God is doing good. I, I want to ask you right now, where are you living? Are you living in fear or are you living in faith? We talked about it last week. God has me here again this week, okay? Are we living in fear or are we living in faith? What is it? Where are you going to find yourself? And I know for, if you're like me, at, at one moment you're one place, at another moment you're the other place. Come on. I, I've never experienced the, the swing in my own personal life where I can be faith-filled and 10 minutes later, ah, I don't know what's going on. Right? It's the weirdest time. So strange. And I'm just telling you, <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm up here admitting, like, that's where I'm at right now. Okay? I hope you're not where I'm at right now. I hope you're on the faith side more than the fears. But right now, it is, it is a challenge sometimes to not be overwhelmed with the fear that is like, like a cloud coming in over the top. And I, I, I wholeheartedly believe God wants to set us free from that. What, what I'm, I mean, I have these thoughts. What, what is going to happen, right? What am I preparing for? What am I believing God for? What am I trusting in? Yes? Regardless of the answer to those questions, what our world is living in right now is the expectation of fear. It's the expectation of danger, right? That's, that's what it is. It, it, it's, what we're, it's what we're being fed. It's what we're talking about. Come on. Right? It's almost the first thing we say to one another anymore. Instead of greetings and salutations. What do we say? Have you heard? Right? Wow. We, we talked about this last week, but I'll reference it again. Um, Sociologists, psychologists will tell you that, that we were all born with only two fears. You were born with the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. That's the only fear you were born with. Every other fear that you have is learned. And so what that tells us is that they can be unlearned. Right? If you learn it, you can unlearn it. Right? My dog got the point last night when he decided to drag the lasagna off the table and eat it while we walked out of the room for a moment. So the shock collar went back on for him to learn some things again. Come on, everybody. A little stimulation. It helps all of us, right? Why do you think I've raised three wonderful children? Smile at me. I know exactly where to put it. I hope you realize I'm joking, kind of. <laughs> if you grew up in my youth group, you know too. <laughs> so, I think the entire world right now is gripped with a fear that is, it's irrational. Like so many fears are, come on somebody. And I'm just telling you, you don't have to live with this fear forever. 
even though, even though we're in a culture of it, the culture of dread, right? We, we don't have to live that way because God said that I'm in the world. We're to be in the world, but not of the world. Okay? Jesus actually prophesied in Luke chapter 21. In your notes, I referenced it. Luke 21 verse 26. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth. Like, it should not surprise us. God told us this would be here. Right? Now, what I want you to think about is this. The children of Israel are terrified. Right? The spies, terrified. Completely gripped with... But Caleb and Joshua spoke up and said, No, we can take it. We can do this. Right? How many of you have that guy in your class? Right? You got that guy in your friend group. Everyone else is like, it's a bad idea. Let's go. Right? I, I was always that guy for some reason. Okay? But look at Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude. A different I love that, baby. I love that. Just so you know, preach, brother, sister, whoever. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. This is scripture. Continue reading. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land that he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Why? Because he has a different what? Attitude. Not a common attitude. Not a negative attitude, not a false positive attitude. He has a better attitude. It's not only going to change his life, it's going to change generations to come after him. It's going to change his family. It's going to change a nation. Come on, somebody. I'm not just going to accept the dread and worry of the world and be so scared and cautious that everything's going to get me. How many of you know a lot of people have been living like that? Oh, it's going to get me. Everything's going to get me. Right? Is that, is that who God made you to be? Yes or no? Then quit. Stop. That's not the spirit of God. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm declaring today that we're going to have a different spirit. That we have a different attitude. Right? People will walk in and they'll say, listen, this doesn't feel like anywhere else. Yeah! That's on purpose. Why? Because we've chosen to have a different attitude, a different spirit. We've chosen to not be negative. We've chosen to not think dreary all the time, doom and gloom. The sky is indeed falling. Haven't you seen the reports? Right? Right? Because there is a spirit of faith here. Come on, church. So let me remind you of some things today. Put some, some practicals down in your, in your notes this morning, fear, fear wants to influence you. That's what it wants to do. That's its agenda. It's to influence you because if anything can influence you, it moves you. And when it moves you, it changes you. And when you change, you become what? More like it than the other. So fear, fear wants to influence. You've got to know that. Fear is that. It's just an influencer. It doesn't want to play a part in your life. Fear wants to dictate your life. Fear wants to come and control your life. Think about this, Numbers 13. In Numbers 13, the previous chapter, Israel had been in the wilderness, listen, for less than a year in, in Numbers chapter 13. 
They'd been there for less than a year, and it's been miracle after miracle after miracle the entirety of the time that they're there. Up until this, pl- this point, it's been one after the next. And not old miracles that you heard your relatives talk about, new ones that they saw. Yeah. Right? They, what happens? God releases them from the bondage of Egypt. He sets them free. Miracle, right? Then the, what happens? They go to the, 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 the before that, the ten plagues. God, God orchestrates that to help set them free. Then, the, the, then, then they're set free. Then the parting of the Red Sea takes place. Miracle, right? Hey, Dad, what is that big fish? Well, that's a whale, son. You're strolling through on dry ground. That's awesome, right? Come on. SeaWorld thought they were the first. Nope. Little Shamu show going on out there, right? Supernatural favor when they leave Egypt. The Bible says that Egypt gave them all their silver and gold. So the, the slaves are leaving town. They go to Pharaoh and say, peace out, bro. We're out. We're sick of working for you. And he's like, let me package up the gold and silver for you. (laughs) What? How many of you would say that's a miracle? That's supernatural favor. That's what God did. That's what God did for them. Come on, everybody. One after the next. Scripture says that when they left, no one was sick or feeble among them. Around two million people. No one is sick or feeble. You can't, you can't name me three families that aren't sick or feeble. Come on, sir. So they're all healed and they're all rich and they all have faith. No. They're all rich and healed, but they have no faith. Can I tell you something? That's a recipe for disaster. You can have all the money in the world. You can have all the health in the world. If you don't have faith, you don't have nothing. Nothing. You're bankrupt. And what will happen is you will end up like they ended up. That's the most deadly combination and dangerous combination for anyone to find themselves in. They get, (laughs) but the miracles just keep coming. Why? Because God's extending his grace to them in love and compassion. He's reaching out to them to get their attention, right? They get hungry, bread starts falling like rain in the wilderness, right? They get sick of the carbs, quail start falling on the ground, right? Change of diet, right? Crazy. They get tired of the, 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 uh, the carbs. They get thirsty, and a giant rock follows them around the wilderness like a, like a supernatural Coke machine, Spewing water out. Wherever they go, they have fresh water. Just, you know, awesome, right? The Bible says their clothes and shoes last them 40 years. Come on. Moses sends them into the land, the 12 spies, and they come back with an evil report. Verse 32 says, here is fear in a sentence. Verse, verse 31, but the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up. They are stronger than we are. Number two in your notes, write this down. Fear limits you. And the fear sends a chill down the spine of the entire nation. Ten men influence over two million people. Suddenly, 
the we can't attitude is prevalent among the group. And we can't, what about Egypt? What about all these victories that God had brought us along the way? An entire generation misses the promised land because they can't, they believe that they can't. They had a bad attitude toward the next steps. They just decided that there was no way that they could continue on. They, they didn't want to battle anymore. They don't want to fight anymore. Can I ask you something? What are you willing to fight for? What are you willing to fight for? If you're not willing to fight for it, it ain't worth much to you. Right? Come on. Back, back in my scrapping days, right? Right? If, I, I mean, you really, you really could kind of determine what kind of a friend that guy was if you were willing to take one in the mouth for him. Yes? Sorry, bro. I got to walk. <laughs> you know? No, 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 no. That's not a friend. Right? God is leading them into what he has for them in store for them forever. But... 10 out of the 12 decide it's just going to be really too hard. It's not safe over there. Right? OSHA didn't approve it. (laughs) Right? There's people over there that don't wear seatbelts. They don't have helmets on when they ride bicycles. Come on. Right? How many of you grew up in the generation that we didn't wear helmets? <laughs> what? Somebody said we didn't wear seatbelts. My mom's car had a metal dash. That would stop you. <clears throat> right? I could, I could take you to the spot where the, my, the, the whole... The whole idea of wearing a seatbelt changed for me. It's when I got a ticket for not having one on. And it was between Clovis and Portales on the highway, just about a mile outside of town, right there. I got pulled over. And the officer said, you know, it's a law now. I said, hmm. Okay. I've wore one ever since, Bobby. You know why? Because it cost me something. Right? It was 100 bucks back then. Some of you were like, back then? How did you do it? <laughs> Thanks, Emma. I know. I saw, I saw your lips. She was like, way back then? <laughs> Where was I even at? Listen, it's amazing what happens when we allow a bad attitude or a fearful attitude or a weight, we, a real super cautious, right, disposition to just absolutely hold you back because that's what it's doing. That's, that's, what'll, that's what'll happen. That's, it's just what fear does. Fear, fear limits us. We, we all know the famous quote by Henry Ford. He said that whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. You're right. Um, what about Egypt? What about all these victories God had already brought to him? What, let me ask you a question. What about all the victories God's already brought to you? Because it's easy for us to sit back today and say, oh man, they were just scared. What about you? What about us? 
Hello? Ten men say we can't. Two million people say you're right. You're right. Because there's something in us that likes it. I submit to you today that there is something in all of us that we actually like the caution and the fear because it gives us a false sense of security and safety. Why take the risk? I mean, why do it? Why do it? It's, it's why people don't save for retirement. Right? Well, if I, if I, if, if I deposit that money now instead of use it, uh, I, I kind of need it now. My lifestyle is going to have to be different now if I put that money away for later. Yeah, but your kids aren't going to have to pay for your funeral. That's a blessing. Yes? That's honorable. Listen to me, fear, fear will lead you to a no in your life. Everything just becomes a no. Everything just becomes we can't. Just a I can't mentality. That's, that's what it'll, everything just becomes a lack. Well, I lack in this area, lack in that area. I just don't know. I'm telling you, fear wants to influence you, and it's involved in every decision, every conversation. It wants to influence every prayer. Every, it wants a seat at your table, and you can't let it in. You can't let it in because if you're not careful, you will let 10 voices influence 2 million. I'm going to say it again. You'll let 10 influence 2 million. And by the way, you can't name one of those 10. But we're still naming our kids Joshua and Caleb. You know why? Because fearful people are never remembered. Listen to me. People that their lives are gripped in fear, they're forgotten that fast. We're still naming children Joshua and Caleb. We still remember Dr. King and his legacy. Come on, church. We still, why? Because people that rise up against fear are remembered. Who are you going to be? Because if you're not careful, you, you, you'll, be, you'll be influential, but you'll be forgotten. Are you listening to me? If you're not careful right now, you'll lead people to the wrong things. What happened to the 10? They led 2 million people to their death and their lack. Why? Out of the goodness of their heart, trying to keep them what? Oh, safe. God never encouraged you to stay safe. He said, come with me. Right? He'll lead you on a life of adventure like you've never ever been a part of before it is incredible who so the question is who are you going to be because if you're not careful again you'll be influential but forgotten can I limit my children absolutely absolutely if I allow the, that contradiction of fear to get in me and I will just put a big no over their life I'm just telling you, I refuse to live that way. I'm not living that way. Thirdly, in your notes, write this down. There's always a choice. There's always a choice. The scripture says, but Caleb had a what? Different attitude. A different attitude. Numbers 14, verse 9. Do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless 
pray to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. There's always a choice, ladies and gentlemen. We, we can or we can't, right? We're, we're either strong enough or, or, or we're well able. Like, like Caleb said, I'm well able, right? And, and if you'll recall, a few weeks ago, I, I, I'm almost preaching a series in reverse. That's weird, isn't it? But a few weeks ago, I talked about when Caleb, 45 years later, after been wandering around in the wilderness, he, his attitude was, I'm as, strong today as, I'm as strong today as I was 45 years ago. Let's go. By the way, then he was in his 80s. He still wanted to go across the Jordan River and go to hand-on-hand combat with all those people that were about to attack them. That's that's Gramps, right? (laughs) Come on, Grandpa, let's go. That's awesome, right? That's Gramps taking the kids to go get tattoos before we go across the river, right? Yeah, just put it right there on my right pectoral muscle. So when I flex it as I swim, smile at me. I'm taking a little liberty here, obviously. Mm, There's always a choice. Always a choice. Ten spies say we cannot, two say we can. By the way, those, those voices are still speaking. The ten and the two. There's a voice that says no. There's a voice that says yes. There's a voice that tries to convince us to quit before we even try. There's a voice calling out the impossible within us. Come on, church. There's a voice of caution and a voice of courage, and they're both speaking right now. They're both speaking in our lives. And if you, are you going to, you're going to have a choice, okay? Listen to me. You have a choice. You've got it right now. Are you going to listen to the caution or the courage? Sometimes the problem is, is the problem is when the devil lies to you, he sounds like you. Right? So you think you're, you're being responsible and safe, but you're really just living fearful in a fearful caution that God didn't give you. That, that's not the Lord. Right? The average person thinks 50 to 70,000 thoughts every single day. And... Pre-COVID-19, I would say pre-COVID, but we've always had COVID. This is just COVID-19. Pre-COVID-19, 70% of those thoughts were negative. Post-COVID-19, I would submit to you that it's much higher. Yes? And I'm not talking about living in denial. I'm, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about a different attitude. I know we're in weird times, but we are still well able. We're well able, right? I'm not talking about denial. I don't want you to deny the reality of what, where we are right now. But I don't want you to concentrate on the negative that will speak a resounding no upon your life and keep you from any amount of courage that might exist within you. And may I say this as well, don't rely upon the courage that is in you. Be filled with the Spirit of God every day so that you can rely upon the courage that He has for you. Because I'll tell you right now, our courage is lacking. Yes? Write this down in your notes. So if you, if, if you have to think about, you have to think about what you think about. 
I'm gonna encourage you to think about what you think about. I'm gonna encourage you to think about what you talk about. Think about it. Matthew 6, 31, so you do not worry about tomorrow. That's Jesus, right? That's, that's, that's red letters in your Bible. That's Jesus. So do not worry about tomorrow saying, saying, that, that's the key right there. Saying, what are you saying? Don't worry about tomorrow what, you, what you're saying. You, 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 will, you will prophesy your own demise. The Bible says to be careful because you will eat the fruit of your lips, right? It will become reality to you, right? The, the key here is the saying part, right? Not, not that life at times will not be worrisome or intimidating. Jesus is saying, watch what you say because worry will get down in your heart and it will strip you of possibility. That's what it does. He's saying, don't let that worry become your foundation. So how do I do that? Saying what you're thinking and saying what you're speaking. Okay? Think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you're speaking. You have to think about it before you say it. Some of you are like, not me. Oftentimes I hear it from my own lips first before I think about it. Okay, look at me. Slow down. Right? It's like you're eating soup and it's really hot. You got to wait. You can get it to your lips. Wait. You ever burned your tongue on hot soup? Oh, hot words are way worse. Right? Fearful words are worse. When you intimidate your own self, when you declare over your own life the demise of your days forward, oh, that's, 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 that's tough. Come on, someone. He's saying, don't let that worry become your foundation. Don't do it. Don't do it. Have they been feeding faith or fear? Your words. I'm going to ask you, what are your words been leading you to? Because it's the foundation of your life. You're building your life upon what you speak. So what have you been saying? What have you been saying? Look at verse 32. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Wow. He knows all our needs. Acts 18 verse 9. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and told him, don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't be silent. So my words are either creating in me worry or what? Faith. Either worry or faith. That's what they're doing. Either peace or fear. So God says to Paul, watch your words, Paul. Paul, watch your words, right? Watch them. Don't be silent, but you've got to be careful what you say because what you say is going to feed what? Feed the spirit within you. What you declare from your lips is going to feed and fuel the function of your life. Okay? So either faith or fear. There's no other choice. Here's the amazing things about the book of Acts. This is, this is crazy. We never see Paul admit that he was ever afraid. Not in, not, not in any of the epistles. We don't see Paul admitting that he's afraid. We don't, we don't ever see it. But God says to him, I know you're afraid. How many of you know our father knows what we don't even say? Right? I know you're afraid. How many of you know? 
God knows it all. Right? God says, I know what you're dealing with. I know that you're dealing with this. And you, you, you think that by not saying it, anything about it, it won't exist. No, God says, God says you're thinking it, and now you're going to have to, to br- break away from it, the, even the thoughts, or it will eventually come out of your mouth. Yes? Again, I'm not talking about denial. I'm talking about faith. Not with everything. <laughs> Everything is not okay. How many of you know everything's not okay? How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. How many of you have said that when you were falling apart? Yeah? Oh, I'm good. I'm everything good? Oh, yeah, I'm good. Really good. Good. Right? Who's good at it? Confession time, who's good at it? There have been times, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna admit some stuff. Y'all, y'all know I just admit some stuff. If you hadn't been around here long enough for me to th- throw myself on the altar, just understand. Just wait. Um, there have been times that, like, if I'm up here leading worship, helping leading worship, or sitting in the front row, I've been like, God, I don't wanna be here. Really, really don't want to be here. Anywhere but here. I don't feel capable. Really inadequate. Right? Welcome, everyone. Turn in scripture today, too. No one would know. How many of you know my Heavenly Father knows? There's occasionally people in your life that you will allow to get that close to you. That you'll be real with them. You won't fake it with them. And they'll give you grace in the moment. Yes? Can I tell you, you need to be really, really thankful for those people. And it's because it's risky. Those same people will crucify you. Sometimes. Hello? Now hopefully it's not those same people. Hopefully you've whittled that out. By the way, and I've heard it said, I really believe it's true. I will encourage you this. I don't think you know anyone until you've known them for at least four years. Young people, listen to me. Before you get married, know them. Hello. And I would encourage you to know them for a while because in, a, in, a, in, a, in some time, you're going to see them in the highs and you're going to see them in the lows. You're going to see how they navigate good days and really, really rotten ones. Almost said crappy. How many of you have crappy days? Um, you, you need to know them. Look at me. Outside of salvation, it is the single most important decision of your life. 
because it will affect even your salvation. God says to Paul, I know what you're dealing with. I know what you're dealing with. You're not saying it out loud, Paul, but I know you're dealing with some anxious moments. I know you're dealing with fear that comes and waves. I know, I know you're dealing with it. And, and, and God's saying to him, he's like, not with denial, but with faith. With faith, move, move forward. Not with everything, not, 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 with, not with the everything's fine. No, God, everything's good. Everything's okay. No, 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 no. By speaking. Come on. James 3.3 3 says this, We can make a large horse go anywhere we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes a grand speeches. Question for you, are you driven by fear or are you steered by your confession? I would submit that that's the case for all of us. We're either driven by fear or we're steered by our own confession. Maybe we should ask ourselves, am I letting the wind drive me or my confession steer me? Right? By the way, you're the pilot. You're the pilot, right? You're the pilot. It's easier, but it's easier to blame the winds. Right? It's easier to blame the waves. Well, I would have, but this came against me, the waves, right? But I'm the pilot of my life, right? Jesus, take the wheel. No, Carrie, you take it. Right? When I was a kid, I remember this bumper sticker that said, that said Jesus, take the wheel. It didn't actually say that. It said, it said Jesus is my what? co-pilot. And you know what the super spiritual people said? No, he's not. He is the pilot. Can I submit to you? You're the pilot? And he wants full cooperation. He isn't going to dictate your life. He isn't going to take you where you don't want to go. He isn't going to force you down a road you don't want to travel. He will allow you to go down a road of fear. He will speak life over you down the fear of the down the road of faith. Say this with me. I have a choice. I have a choice. And my choice is not a false positivity or denial. My choice is faith. Last one is this fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. Musicians, if you could come. Paul told Timothy that fear is a spirit. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So, so if, if, if fear is not from God, fear is a liar. They said the land is literally flowing with milk and honey, but it's, but it's, every, it's everything, so 
Why did they say, why did they contradict themselves and say, but we're going to die if we go over there? It's so awesome. But we're going to die if we enter in. It's quicksand over there. Right? I love the little meme that goes around social media. We all used to think that quicksand was going to be much more prevalent in our life than it really has been. How many of you know? As a child, you were like, oh, the quicksand's going to quicksand. I've seen quicksand twice in my life. Guess what? Neither time was it a big deal. We just went around it. And the one that guy that got in it, we pulled him right out. It didn't just swallow him up like the cartoons tell you. Right? It was always on a MacGyver episode, I think, quicksand. Or, or a cartoon. So either, either MacGyver had some duct tape and a match a paper clip and a nine volt battery. Life was good. He built a spaceship and powered out of that thing. Right? Or what? Or you just go around it. Fear is a liar. James 1.8 says, their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they're unstable in all that they do and everything they do, if we're not careful, we'll become just like that. We'll become just like that. If I'm refusing to let fear become the theme of my life, who's with me today? I just refuse. I'm not gonna allow themed, I'm not, it's not the motto of who we are. It's not, it's not the outlook of our life. I'm choosing to believe God. Anyone with me? Anyone here? Come on. Anyone today wanna say, you know what? I'm tired of the fear overwhelming us. I'm tired of the kids walking in and being scared. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. I'm just, I'm tired of the fear gripping. I refuse the, 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 the spirit of the world to overwhelm us any longer. I refuse to live bound, right? I refuse to live bound. I refuse to bow down to a spirit of fear that's gonna limit me, limit my future, limit my health. Come on, church. I'm, I'm choosing a different spirit and if I'm preaching to you right now, listen, I want you to praise the, the faith, the faith within you. I want you to praise God knowing that what God has said will come to pass and he's leading us, he's guiding us. He said, you are my children and I, I shall be your father. So with grace with wisdom, with faith, we step forward, yes? With fear, listen, listen to me, you won't step forward in fear. Yeah, but preacher, I've, I've had fear motivate me. Yeah, it motivate, motivated you to the point where you got fed up with it and did something. That's what it did. That's what it did. Would you stand to your feet all over this room today? It's been my prayer for the last few weeks that God would really help people to know that they can trust him. I have no idea what's going on in your individual lives. Some of you I know because I'm super close, right? I can't be super close to the number of people that's in this room. I just, there's just no way to do that. But 
I will tell you this morning that I invite you to choose a different attitude. And I invite you to allow the Spirit of God to overwhelm your life with faith, to fill your heart with a decisive decision of I'm going to trust God. I may not know, but I trust Him anyway. Right? I don't know. We don't know what's going to come. We don't know what's going to happen this week. Right? How many of you know what's going to happen this week? After church, I need a meeting with you to discuss my financials. I'm going to invest some money if you know. Come on, somebody. End of the week, I'm pulling it out. No, you don't know. We don't know. We trust the one who knows. Right? How many of you would rather trust what the one who knows rather than the one who doesn't know? That's the decision of faith. That's the decision, by the way, of walking in salvation with your life. Do you know that? It's literally the decision. Am I going to choose whether to walk hand in hand with the one who knows or choose the one who doesn't know? That's me. You just said a moment ago you didn't know. For the future. I'm just telling you. There's no decision like a faith decision. The choice to follow him. Right? Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, we love you. God, I'm so encouraged today. I am so encouraged. Not just because the room's full of people, but there are people all over this room with literally from the time I started speaking until now, you have changed the attitude upon their face. The outlook they have. God, I pray right now that it doesn't remain superficial facial expression, but that it go to the core of who they are. I'm going to ask you right now to do something that's kind of challenging, but I'll tell you, we've talked about how that when we don't do challenging things, what happens to us? We just stay where we are. We don't enter into the promised land that God has for us. I'm going to ask you right now to admit, to confess, and to declare. Would you admit right now that, you know what? I need to follow God who knows what I don't know. Would you raise your hand all over this room? I have my hand up. God, I need to follow you. I need to know. I need to, to trust in you. You know where I'm going. You know what needs to happen. your hands down. How many of you would say right now, I confess that fear has been a big player in my life in the last few weeks. Would you raise your hand? I have my hand up to you. I believe God is breaking off the spirit of intimidation and fear over your life today by the confession of your mouth. May it be gone in Jesus' name. Amen. And then thirdly, the confession of our heart where we confess to follow God to do what he could only do in our lives. And he's going to lead us to some areas of life that we're not comfortable with. 
We've talked about the 12 spies going into the promised land. Can I encourage you in this? I'll just bring, bring some reality to the moment. I think that all 12 of them had some fear when they began to walk across the Jordan River into that land because they didn't know what was coming other than what God had told them. And God told them there are battles over there. There's difficulty on the other side of the river. There's challenges over there that you haven't faced before. But just like them, God is saying to us right now, but I will be with you. I'll be with you. All over this room. Would you just ask the Lord right now to be with you? Come on, if you're comfortable, just raise your hands toward heaven right now and just ask him, God, I choose, I, I, I ask you right now to be with me. I ask you to fill my life with faith, encouragement, God. I'm gonna battle the fear alongside you, God. You, you, you said in your word that you, you haven't given us a spirit of fear, so I reject fear and I, I, I accept the faith that you have for me to walk in. Moms and dads, listen to me. I pray you gather your children this afternoon and pray faith over them instead of fear. I pray you look them in the eye and say, is there any area of your life that right now fear is just overwhelming you? You may not even know that they're, they're literally up at night scared of something. You can look them in the eye and say, let's battle that right now together. Let's go to our heavenly father who knows. And he, he can set us all free from the craziness of fear in our lives. We trust him. Thank you, Lord. I'm thankful for the spirit of God in this place today. How about you? Come on all over this house. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in us. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.